This is Kelly. This is Jen. This is Heather. And you're listening to Whiskey Cats. (laughs) In this episode of Whiskey Cats, we taste Kings County Distillery Bourbon, try the result of our first whiskey experiment, and talk Chinese rocks and commodities. very first episode of our very first season where we talked about Jim Beam, Mm -hmm. which you should actually all give Jim Beam a chance. A good starter in many ways. Very much so. Uh, We talked about this book that we had all read called King's County Guide to Urban Moonshining. So today we have their whiskey called King's County Bourbon Whiskey. (laughs) They're not nearly as creative as I, I wanted to give them credit for. It all comes full circle. It does, it does come a little full circle. And that was a fun um, book. We've talked about it a couple of times, mm-hmm. I think, because they've got some good graphics in there with like the tree the of tree, yeah. where American. all the distilleries mm-hmm. are, and yeah, and how they all sort of like coalesce into the same like four distilleries. And yeah. I pulled that that tree out for reference during a dinner party the other night. Nice. So yeah. it comes in cool. handy. Um, they actually sell map or prints of the that map. Tree really? thing for sale mm. on their website. I think everyone should have one in their bar. It's yeah. very, very handy and also very well done. Um, well, they are from Brooklyn. Yeah, they are <laughs> Brooklyn <laughs> Distillery. Correct. So they actually started. If you read the book, um, the the two guys who founded Kings County Distillery and I have the book right here: a Guide to Urban Moonshining: How to Make and Drink Whiskey. It's by Colin Spolman and David Haskell, and they actually started out by doing or making moonshine on like rooftops in Brooklyn, uh, <laughs> a little illegally. And in the book, they actually tell you how to distill, and they have a disclaimer in there about how it is illegal, but they tell you how to do it anyway. And so then they finally went legit and they founded the distillery itself. And uh, in one of our episodes as well, we talked about how New York was one of the first states to um, really invest in craft distilling and uh, was the farm distillery license. I forgot about that. Yeah. (laughs) And and about how um, if you can get a farm distillery license, it it asks you to... uh, source your grains from within New York and Kings County does that as well. So they are, they were found, they founded in 2010 and they claim to be the first distillery since prohibition in Kings County, which is basically Brooklyn. And they also, one of the things throughout the book is they talk about how not only to go, how whiskey is made, but also sort of shine. They were the first ones to kind of shine the light on, um, sort of the mass distilling and people buying to age under a craft label or like a Mm -hmm. cutesy label. Um, And I remember that article came out a couple, like a year back or so about how your craft craft whiskey isn't really cute and crafty. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, it's distilled by LDI in Kentucky Mm -hmm. and everyone just like buys in bulk and then ages, then ages it. And it was like this big shocker to everyone, but anyone else in the know, and especially people who had read this book, you realize that that's sort of what the industry was doing. Um, so the, in, they really pride themselves on, and they have this on their website saying they only distill for their label and they never buy bulk from any other source. So kind of a, okay. jab, a jab at the industry itself. <laughs> and they, t- they have, their stills are copper from Scotland and their wooden fermenters were built locally by the Essex brothers 
and they also claim to have a small farm on site where they grow their corn and barley. So it's a little bit quaint. Wow. Yeah. I can't believe they have the farm on property. Yeah, like how much like do you need tiny. to grow? Like how much square footage would you need to it's, produce that? Yeah, that? it sounds like just a little bit like um, exhibition, not necessarily yeah. to fulfill any of their grain requirements. Like our four square plot of, you know, that totally goes into the pod with the bulk buy that we get exactly, from down the road. Exactly, exactly. Okay. And so, but they do say that their bourbon is made with New York organic corn and malted barley from the UK. So again, they're they're not sourcing all of their grain from their little plot next mm-hmm. to their distillery. Or even New York State, apparently. Or even the United States. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Charlatans. <laughs> um, so today we have their bourbon, and they actually only they age their bourbons in new American oak charred barrels, but all of their barrels are only five gallons. And so they're very, really tiny, and you can see them all in the pictures on their website, sort of all on a row, and they're kind of cute and tiny. And you can buy their spent barrels, too, for $150. Oh. So it's kind of fun. But this bourbon is, uh, they claim it is aged 12 months or more, so you actually don't know the end more. So it'll, it's a young whiskey. Again, they were only founded in 2010. Um, and because they're only five-gallon barrels... This is not a 750 milliliter. This is only 200 milliliters. Yeah, it's and, in a quaint um, little Deadwood type flask. Mm-hmm. Apothe- medicinal bottle, bottle. Apothecary bottle, if apothecary. you will. Apothecary. Mm-hmm. 45% ABV. Okay. All right. Shall we try this thing? Let's yes. do it. Right. I feel like I'm just going to nip from this bottle. It's very much a flask. Mm-hmm. Oh, cheers. Cheers. Not a bad smell. No, wow. it's, it's pleasant. Mm-hmm. That's sort of like almost like an ideal bourbon kind of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not too sweet, not too dry. It's not a bad aroma. Not there's too. A, uh, there's like a ethanol-y. Mm-hmm. There's a, a subtle spice, and I can't place what it is. All right, I enjoy that. I'm gonna taste, taste it. it. Wow, that is very nice. I didn't know what to expect, but that yeah, that's. Wow, so much better than I expected. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's really well balanced. I mean, just like the nose, it's like it's a little sweet. It's got a tiny kick to it, like just tiny, tiny burn on the throat, but it mm-hmm. goes away quick. There's something, and it's got a little spice to it. I'm getting coffee. Like I can coffee see that. It's, it's got a little, like a very slight bitter note to mm-hmm. it in in that nice way. And yeah. I like this. Yeah, I do too. I'm so surprised. I really had built myself up to dislike it. <laughs> well, we like to look down our nose at charming whiskeys, so. I'm trying to pick out the flavors, but it's it's hard to, nothing's really jumping out at me. Yeah, it definitely doesn't have anything that is bold about it. It's not bold at all. It's it's very like, I mean, this is what I would call a smooth bourbon, I think, but mm-hmm. in, a, in, a, in a nice Good way. way. Yeah. I mean, I get a little bit of vanilla. That's like standard with bourbon, I think. Right. But yeah, other than that, I, I'm i not really sure I could pick out a certain... I can just get types of flavors. Like I can feel that little bit of bitterness like mm-hmm. on the sides of my tongue. And then... Even the know. sweet is so subtle that mm-hmm. I almost can't acknowledge it as, as vanilla or recognize it as vanilla. Like it's mm. just like a little sweet. Like almost... To me, it's a little burnt caramelish, but just just a tiny hint. To me, it's almost got... I almost hate to say this because this is the far extreme of what I mean, but like, you know, when you get the vanilla flavor that has more of the kind of Christmassy, like nutmeg tones mm-hmm. to it, 
I, I don't want to say that it has like that strong to it, but it, I feel like it's pushing in that direction. Mm-hmm. I think that's what I smelled. It's like, um, it is like a nutmeg smell that I got from it, but it was very, it was almost an undertone. Yeah. And it's not, again, nothing is really jumping out. It's just blended and there and subtle. And you might get a hint of it. You might not. Mm-hmm. It's sort of. It sounds like when you get a good piece of like. <laughs> zucchini bread or something and, like, and, it, and it has all those spices in it but if you do it right you're not supposed to taste any one of them it's yes. just supposed to be like a flavorful it's piece a of bread good analogy yeah would you like to hear the tasting notes yeah it is characterized by a rich aroma of fresh corn balanced with the sweet caramelized oak sap from small casks it has a very strong sweet base with flavors of vanilla and caramel a deep molasses taste to the middle notes and leaves a smooth finish with hints of cinnamon and autumn spices and then from other people, they say crisp demerara sugar, sumptuous mm-hmm. texture, aided by melt-in-the-mouth natural caramels, an excellent outpouring of citrus-tinged vanilla. And that was from Whiskey Bible in 2013. And then exotic and deep with flavors of grain, licorice, vanilla, and molasses from uh, Isaac. I'm sorry, Eric Asimov from New York Times said that. You know, I would not, I would not, I would never have said licorice, but now that you say it, and I don't really like the taste of licorice, but I, that would, ex- that explains to me those bitter notes. Like, mm. I could see almost describing that as a licorice. The demerara sugar to me struck, like, that's exactly, it tastes like if you just put a little in your, in your mouth mm-hmm. and taste that sort of, like, slightly burnt, crunchy. Yeah. yeah. Which is, like, the best kind of It's the best sugar. sugar. Yeah. yeah. I, I, it's there. I, I would definitely... I uh, personally disagree with the beginning of their tasting notes because they seem to think that this is deeply sweet and it's not. It's not. I feel like all of those flavors, but toned down by like, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, three quarters. Yeah. <laughs> like hints of all of those things, but really subtle, subtle, subtle. Yeah. I would not have said like, you know, on the front, this is molasses and caramel and vanilla. Right. Like there's a that hint of it and you can cut yeah. like, you know, could almost go get that molasses in there. But and I feel like the, the vanilla aroma comes out more as it opens but i don't know if it could totally be psychosomatic but but then the, the second half with the autumn spices mm-hmm. and the did they need a specific specific no, one just remember. as autumn but that could be the nutmeg for sure cinnamon yeah. and autumn or cinnamon spices. right but i would say it's it's not cinnamon it's definitely nutmeg yeah it's more of like cinnamon sort of makes me feel like that whole aura of that mm-hmm. part of the spice shelf, you know? <laughs> and I can almost, you know, I, I also would not have said citrus right away, but but it's got that the, the vanilla, you know, it's kind of like mulled wine. Again, it's like it's got that little bit of citrus and also that nutmeg and all, the, all those flavors that go together really well that you're not really supposed to, like none of them are supposed to be super strong. How did they phrase that citrus? They had a, they qualified it. Citrusy vanilla, I think it was. That, that's why, because they put that together, that's kind of why it's yeah, stood out it makes to me. sense. Yeah, I thought citrus tinged vanilla. Citrus tinged vanilla. When you said that, I thought, oh yeah, I get that. <laughs> I can see that. Um, oh, should we nice. try this with a little water? So the water definitely brings out the vanilla and the Whoa. smell, big time. Yep. I'm getting more of the grain flavor. Yeah, I, you know, I would drink this with water over so many other whiskeys. Yes. Yeah. But compared to drinking it without water, it's better without water. I think that's I think. a perfect summary. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's still very good this way. I'm surprised. I'm really surprised at how much I like this. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Kenny. No, me too. I, I'm telling you, like, since we read this book, I've been, like, 
half dreading the day that we tasted because I'm like, I'm not sure it's going to be that good. I think yeah. they've built, I think they've built up a brand around it, but mm. it's actually really good. Yeah. <laughs> they've, they've won a couple of awards, so yeah. you can see why. So how much does a apothecary bottle of this cost? Not as much as you would think. Really? Because I would think it's a lot. <laughs> yeah. So it goes anywhere between 20 and $25. Okay. So not terrible. Probably Still a little, prices, but... a little high for the, the size bottle, but, you know, you could still see yourself putting down $25 for it. I mean, it's a lot for bourbon, I think. Yeah. Like, we definitely, I mean. It's no old granddad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we, you know, we, we bought our, like, we bought plenty of, like, $80 bottles of, like, whiskey and, you know, scotch and those things that are, like, aged a lot longer. And you're definitely paying for a little charm. I think here, but again, it's definitely not a waste of $20. I would say that. And you know, this is the first one that I feel like we've tasted in a while that I, that I would like to build a cocktail around Mm. that showcased it. Mm. Like every other one I've been thinking, how can we, like lately I feel like I've been like, how can I cover this up? Right. Like how can I use this somewhere else? But this one, like in a really good Manhattan, this Mm. would just be perfect. Yeah. You know, like, I yeah, think, highlight like some of those spices in it. Yeah, and yeah. a little bit of orange. Like I think, I think it would be really mm. well positioned in a nice no, cocktail. cocktail. I know. I'm <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, so they have, actually have two other offerings that we don't have here today, but I, I did want to bring them up. Um, so they have their their moonshine, and they have this bourbon that we taste, and then they also have this thing called chocolate whiskey. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to bring it up because, funny enough, so again, they are very—they're really pushing this farm to glass, farm to flask, however you want to say it. You know, in the book, they really were, talked about how it's important for transparency and really knowing where your grains come from and how your whiskey is made, and that it's not purchased from some elsewhere. And so this this, mm-hmm. this whole ethos. So their chocolate whiskey, as I was reading the description, is their moonshine, which they infuse with ground cacao bean husks from mast chocolate, which is Uh. next door. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's so perfect. And so, and if our listeners don't know, Mass Chocolate got into a wee bit of trouble because they are also proprietors of an ethos of what you would call bean to bar. No, what they would call or bean what to they, bar. they would call bean to bar. Um, again, trying to be quote unquote transparent and like where their beans come from and the process of making chocolate. And come to find out, the artisanal chocolate world. Um, basically called them out and saying, no, you're not an artisanal chocolate maker because they actually don't use their own chocolate. They're just buying chocolate from elsewhere and make, mixing it and making that themselves. And charging obscene seen, amounts. Obscene amounts of money. So again, it's, it's a shining light on the craft distilling saying that, you know, this is your cute, charming whiskey, but really I'm just buying bulk from LDI. And Well, did and Kings County have something to say about that? When I, I, I haven't found anything. I didn't really dig because I just, as I read this, I just sort of laughed. and <laughs> I was like, that's that's kind of a little apropos. And um, Let's also back up to yeah. moonshine infused with cacao beans. Cacao bean husks. 
Oh, still, the husk. Still. Yeah. No, that makes all the difference. I'm like, no, that's so much worse. <laughs> I, just wanna, I just wanted to get it straight. I could see it. I'm like, well, it's still kind of greenish. No, no, no. It's no. like making, you know, it's like it was made from corn. No, it made from the corn husk. <laughs> Gross. How do you know what a, what a cacao husk is even like? Is it what? Okay, I'm gonna stop. That's yeah. disgusting. So well, well, I'm definitely gonna drink their bourbon. I'm not so sure about their chocolate whiskey. No, but this is great. Yeah, and I would I would not be opposed to trying their moonshine either. If this is how their their one year plus is eight like tastes aged. Yeah. Well. I was just going to say, I mean, I would be interested in tasting it since now we're embarking on our own. What will it taste like if you take some almost moonshine white whiskey and age it up yourself? <gasps> Let's do that. Do, 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 do. <laughs> That's the best segue you've ever made. <laughs> that was, that was that was Welcome to Science Corner. <laughs> <laughs> so I brought you these two jars. Of our experiment, mm-hmm. aged one month in a barrel and a glass jar with the equivalent wood chips, and uh, and then it's been sitting for a week to sort of quote unquote mellow. I kind of <laughs> wish that you had like a crochet pillow that said one month and taken a photo with the two <laughs> <laughs> in the armchair in your living room. Why didn't I do that? <laughs> my little Facebook, my Facebook update. Babies I don't have, I don't have babies. babies. <laughs> But I got these. Oh my God. I can't wait till they're teenagers. <laughs> so as some of you may have seen on the Instagrams, the color is so different. Yeah. I am so fascinated to try and they smell so different. So I'm really excited to try them. Also, like, you know, I was talking about how we're going to eat outside all summer. Like you can just bring those. Those look like iced tea. That's that they probably taste just like iced tea. <laughs> <laughs> they do look tea. like sun tea. Like you've left these out in uh-huh. the in the yard. I know it's funny. But one almost looks like coffee. Yeah, I mean so it's the, so opaque. That's the jar. The darker one is the jar aged, and the very late, like very beautiful looking beautiful. color is the barrel aged. So I'm very excited for the barrel aged. Though not to say that the jar aged won't. We'll, we'll see. It's it smells like serious business. And just to like reiterate, so the jar you put wood squares in right. the glass jar. Wood cubes in the glass jar that had the equivalent surface area to the inside of the barrel. Right. So the same okay. surface to liquid vo- liquid ratio, surface to volume ratio. And you know when I poured these out, I filtered both of them through coffee filters. Um as was recommended by many home distillers. And the barrel one took five coffee filters that were like black and disgusting looking. So I'm really glad that I filtered them. Um, but the, the barrel aged one took one filter and you can, it barely has anything left on it. So clearly, you know, they're the barrel and the, and the cubes were made by different makers. The cubes are actually intended for wine, but they, you know, they can be used for anything. But the idea is that they're both medium char, new American oak. Well, I wonder like if, the squares, because, you know, it's so much darker. And this is, like, a little bit of time. It's not like they've been in there for 10 years. I right. mean, this was, like, an immediate reaction that was happening, right? So it's the same surface area. Mm-hmm. But because the squares are so small and many... Because they've been, like, chewed up, basically, into... Because t- they're tiny, right? They're, like, 
What were they, a quarter? They weren't even a half inch. They are tiny, but it shouldn't matter because it's, the area is the same. But that's that's not my point, though. It's not the surface area. Mm. It's the fact that it went through a saw so close uh, that it like c- would probably kind of vibrate that wood open more, don't you think? It's it, would, it would make it more porous. That almost. is totally possible. So there are some tests that I could do if I had a lab still. <laughs> Actually, I bet I could design an experiment that took a cube... And I'd have to chop open my barrel. But you could test the porosity of each. Yeah. But I would have to cut up my barrel, which I'm not ready to do. Because well, I want to do more aging. Yeah. We, well, that'll be like down the line. Because we'll probably, we'll probably end up buying more of these. So one of them will be just for testing purposes. Because we could... There are experiments that people do to test porosity of rocks, but also test porosity of wood, where you like put them in a press and squish water through yeah. and see how long it takes for it to get through. And then you have a measure of how porous the wood is. So we could do that someday. Um but for now, mm-hmm. we've got these. Let's drink them. Let's drink them. Which one do we want to start with? Oh, man. Hold on. Let's start with barrel, because barrel is like what we drink all the time. Correct. And the glass jar thing is going to be a whole new outlier. Variable. Wow. It looks so much lighter suddenly yeah. in the glass. In the glass, it's so light. I mean, in the jar... It looks almost the same as the Kings County, but in the glass, it's very, very pale. Yeah. Super pale. So So this is 100% corn. So you can smell the grain. Definitely smell the grain. It's like, it's very sharp. It It smells like beef jerky. That's what it is. It took me a long time to get there. I was was thinking salty, (laughs) but I was thinking like a a cheddar. Yeah. It smells like a cheddar to me. It's that, it's that, it's that sodium. Mm -hmm. Like, Well, here's our experiment. Let's try it. <laughs> you can taste the wood. You can taste the wood. Wow. Yeah. Like you can taste the char. I can taste the char of the wood. Mm-hmm. Yep. I wonder if we let this hang out for a while, if that will go away. I've never tasted wood in any of the bourbons we've drank. And I don't, I don't know what would be left if the wood. I know it's so mild, mild right? Yeah. It's like. But it's also not like. I mean, it's actually pretty mellow. It's not. It's not <laughs> very. Harsh. I thought this was going to be like drinking actual moonshine or something, mm-hmm. and it's very much not. I mean, I know you didn't use moon. Like you use like white whiskey, right? I uh, used vodka. Uh, it's honey oh, that's right. Corn. Use vodka. Right. So it's still, but it, you know, the difference at that point, it's still 100 percent corn, right? It's just you know, yeah. It just tastes like a campfire to me. Yeah, it does. I kind of like it. But I think that maybe just because like I have an emotional attachment to it. <laughs> but it's kind of like it tastes like camping. It does. It's mm-hmm. like I'm in the woods. Yeah. Drinking but my... there's a there's a sweetness to it. There's um Yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. It's that charcoal. There's like a char- there's a sweetness in that in that mm-hmm. burnt flavor. It's it tastes like skiing. It tastes like a ski lodge. It tastes like I it reminds me of a Jack and Coke, like that I would have when, in, when I was skiing in mm-hmm. the early college days. Like it wraps all of that flavor because it has the sweetness, it has the wood. It tastes it. nothing like Westland, but when we tasted the Westland, we we're like, this tastes like the woods. It tastes yes. like Seattle. <laughs> yeah. it, it reminds me of that type of feeling. Yeah. It's very, it has a place to it. It feels like it has a place to it, which is mm-hmm. very strange because. It was your house in a little tiny barrel <laughs> for 30 days. But that's a place. It is a place. But it is all those like camping flavors, even though like what I still taste is really like that beef jerky. And when you said cheddar, it tastes like eating like a little snack of like mm-hmm. beef jerky and cheddar because those are like also things that have been sort of like, well, maybe not artificially, but like artificially 
aged, like both cheddar and beef jerky are things that are, are like dehydrated and mm. concentrated and often have a smoky flavor to them. Like they're all just like extremely similar flavors is what they are. And also because it's like specifically those two things that you would snack around a campfire yes. and this has that sort of like charcoal flavor to it. It's like too much. It's like, it's like a movie. It's like watching a movie. Of, you know. <laughs> but I strangely I like want cheddar and crackers now. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I would love cheddar and crackers much. right now. Yep. Yeah. Bailed on that one. That's okay. I would Next totally, time we try these, we're going to have I know. I would later. totally drink this at home with or cheddar like, and crackers. Or some smoked Gouda. Yes. yes. Smoked Gouda is exactly. I was thinking, yes. Alex would love this because it tastes like smoked Gouda. <laughs> yep. Well, surprisingly okay. good. I mean, like, I, you know, for how young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Put some water into it. Yeah, try it. Try some water. Can I have a little you cup sure, up? Because sure. apparently I'm just going to drink this up. I spent too long trying to think of words. Yeah. <laughs> Ugh, I do not like the smell of the water. Well, kind of harsh. Definitely gets harsher. Yeah, that's a little undrinkable now. <laughs> oh, ah, nope. It did have that sweetness before, and I mean that—that's. It doesn't happen with everything, as we've now discovered. Well, but commonly, when you put water in it, it can kill that sweetness. And it's so funny how the Kings County that we just drank it enhanced the sweetness, yeah. and yeah. in this, took it all away. Yeah. I mean, I wonder if that's a grain thing. Like that was barley. This is corn. I don't know. Or that was corn, it was and, corn barley. and barley. Mm. Something. I mean. Well, then what did we drink? What did we have last time where we actually, where we put the water in it and we were like, oh, it didn't, it was the one time it didn't kill the sweetness. Our notes are terrible. Yeah, they are. <laughs> one <laughs> but day it, but we'll have better notes. Yeah. It does seem like, you know, most of the time it does, it, it kills the sweetness. Not always, but. Ugh. I, here it I'm is. not going to finish that. That's yeah. not good. Yeah, I can't. It's, like, right. it, like, it's like coating my tongue at this point. Like, yeah. It's just, All right. So let's try the. Glass jar, wood cube aged. Great. Which is intense looking. Yeah, this one is so dark. It's definitely the darkest thing we've ever drank. Like, yep. That doesn't look like something you would buy on a shelf. Smell is like. I wish we could at least get pictures of the one from space. Like, even if they, you know, never talk about it. But you put that in a glass. Yeah. So beautiful. Looks like a, I think it's gorgeous. Almost That's like a dark nice. rum. That's a nice color. It's very auburn red. It's beautiful. Looks like a beer. I was just going to say, it looks <laughs> like when you know a red beer. Yep. Ooh, well, cheers. Here cheers. we go. It smells very similar. Like, again, it has that sharpness. It has that smoky smell. <laughs> oh, that is like... Where the other one was like so delightfully charcoal, this is like licking a piece of charcoal. <laughs> wow! Oh my! I'm like, oh my God. I'm sitting Ooh. in a fireplace. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like fanning myself. The embers are around us. And we are on us. fire, yeah. and we are. And it's not the burn from the liquor no, at no. all. Like, no, I don't no. Just in fact, burn. I feel like there's zero burn no, whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there's like whoa. so much smoke. In my mouth. Yeah. It's like the flu got closed yes. and it suddenly poured Poofed. into the yeah, house. The <laughs> like, I don't think I can drink anymore. Like, seriously, no. there's like... It's like intense. Smoke is coming out of my mouth. That is intense. Wow. This one, I'll say... Oh, God. <laughs> I had to take another sip. <laughs> but I think unlike the first one, you know how I said... If we wait for it to mellow and for that wood taste to go away, I worry there would be nothing left. It doesn't really feel like there's anything underneath that. This one, I feel like there's something there that is being covered up. Like there feels like, it feels like there's a sweetness underneath it that I'm, 
you know, and maybe that has not, maybe that's just the vodka. Maybe that has nothing to do with the aging process, but vodka if, doesn't taste sweet at all. If this room would mellow a lot, it might like, it might have something residual left behind. So here are my thoughts that as I filter these out and smell them fresh out of the, their containers, what I would, what I was debating. So the one that was in the barrel, when I, f- I thought it was going to be terrible because when I first poured it out, and filtered it. All I could smell was the corn. And I thought it didn't do anything. I couldn't even smell the smoke. Hmm. And now it tastes kind of magnificent. Mm-hmm. This one, the smoke smell was even crazier than it is now. And it has mellowed. And so what I want to, I kind of want to leave the barrel one because it's kind of good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the glass one, do we let it mellow or do I filter it one more time? This is my debate. So we can on your on your fifth filter, mm-hmm. how dirty was it? It was still dirty. Could have you gone for more? Do you think if you filtered it one more time, it would have picked up the same? I, I like was there? Did you see a steady decline in your five filters? No. In fact, it got bigger because the wood it got closer to the end where the the wood was hanging out. You know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would say filter it again just because you've already filtered it so much more than the other one. It's not yeah. like you're really skewing the right. data at all. And then I think let it hang out mm-hmm. and we'll see how it tastes in, in like a month. Like let it just sit. Yeah. It might still be undrinkable. But I'd be curious yes. though. I mean, I- I'm surprised already by by both of them. So. I know. I know. <clears throat> I'm I'm really happy with the barrel one because... It really, when I first filtered it and all I could, and all I could smell was corn and I thought the barrel didn't do anything, <laughs> but, but it's there and it's nice. <laughs> so we have the tea, we have the original Tito's actually. I, brought, I brought the, the actual bot. I brought it oh, with me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, should we try like a tiny little I bit? I think we should. Just a little bit. Sure. Just to see. Yeah. Vodka, I mean, man. That's vodka. I mean, there's no, to me, there's no trace God, of that. I hate vodka. No. Wow. It's just. Think how much better. All the vodka in the world could be if you just put it in a barrel for a month. Yep. Man, turn it into bourbon. How much How much did the barrel cost? Uh, like 30 bucks. And 25 bucks. That's not bad. And how much vodka did you put in there approximately? Like one small, Between like, the two, it was a handle plus, uh, plus, one, plus a seven, like part of a 750. So let's it's say... A li- well, I know exactly. It's two and a quarter liters. Okay. But I don't know how to do that in, mil- in like, this situation. So let's say you did one barrel, one $30 barrel, one seven mil of Tito's, which probably runs, like, 20 bucks. Yeah. It's not expensive. So 50 bucks to make your own bourbon. Decent bourbon. Decent bourbon. Small and that was only for a month. So yeah. who knows what it'll taste like if you do it for six months or if you let this one sit for a while. Like, it could get even better. Because it could be worse, but I don't know. <laughs> well, I'm going to let the... I say we let this one sit. We can certainly drink it as it goes, but we'll leave a little bit. I'll probably pour some out into a, a jar. It also tastes like nothing that I've tasted before. Yeah. I, Should we I sell this know. at the farmer's market with my bagels? That's sort of what I'm sliding down towards. 
Oh wait, it's alcohol. We can't do that. But, but <laughs> under the table, idea of, tomato, like, tomato. Whatever. Yeah, I know that's sort of like hipster and charming and whatever. But like all the things that we hate. But like you know, just to have like your own. Yeah, I just age this and like always have it around the house. Like this whiskey, this bourbon that you like made for relatively like not much more money than you're gonna buy a bottle for. Well, on the barrel, you only buy once. Yeah, you're only buying that thing one time. You clean it and you use it again. Wait, so okay. how many times? You, but how many times of aging do you really get out of it? So I guess interim experiment would have to be age another batch of fresh. Does it taste the same? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then it's not really bourbon so much as oak aged whiskey, mm. new American whiskey. Mm-hmm. Westland would approve. We're gonna make so much. Money. <laughs> And that's how you get this. Thank you, Kings County. Oh my god, it's so fun. It was super fun to do. That's what I like. And now that we have everything, we can just keep doing it. And I, I don't know, I really enjoyed it. That's awesome. a little bit of whiskey news. Looking back to 2015, the article I read was called The Best Performing Investment of 2015 Wasn't Stocks or Bonds, It Was Whiskey. Hmm. And basically what the article said was looking over commodities and investment commodities in 2015, gold, rice, wine, things along those lines were down across the board in 2015. Hmm. But that whiskey was up. So anyone who was invested in whiskey in 2015, they made return on their investment. I thought you were just going to say those of us who invest, invested in a whole bar of nice bottles, because I feel like I've gotten a pretty good ROI on those, but... Me too. I like that you know Me the term too. ROI. Yeah. I don't know what commodities mean, but I definitely know what ROI means. I had to look it up. I was like, commodity, commodity. I was like, rice, gold. Okay, so, so things, so things that we consume, that we use, understood. And so this is according to an annual report from the Rare Whiskey 101, a whiskey brokerage. And what? They, whiskey what? brokerage? Wait, wait. Yes, a whiskey brokerage. What? Okay. What does that, I mean, what does that mean? And how can we get involved? How can we get involved? <laughs> like, how can I hand them my money? <laughs> Where do we write our checks with a proper year? The proper year. <laughs> <laughs> they buy and sell and trade in whiskeys. Yeah. See, this is the kind of thing where, yeah. like, you hear about them sometimes, and you're like, "Why didn't I think of that? Why didn't I? Why didn't I start a whiskey brokerage? Like, <laughs> how did we do that? Because it's the most <laughs> random thing ever. Because you, I want to be somebody who's like, I run a whiskey brokerage. I know. Just so people will be, be like, what? <laughs> Could we be like WC on the? No, we need three letters. Oh, WCS. WCS. What would our? Can we? Can we be four letters? WCAT. Oh. <gasps> All right. Well, now that we've got that solved, yeah. <laughs> done, 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 and done. So, anyway, so they have um, a, an annual report that they put out, and it's actually uh, the price of whiskey is tracked by their what they call their Apex 100 index. So, again, this this they actually track the prices and rising and falling mm. of of whiskeys and whiskey brands. And let me be a little bit more specific. They're talking about rare whiskeys. So not necessarily all whiskeys, but rare rare, rare bottles, rare whiskeys was up 14.36%. So when you say rare, does that mean stuff that is 
you know, rare, but newly on the market or secondary market trading between old whiskeys that people mm. own? I'm not sure. I'm not, and I'm not sure if there's an actual difference. Mm. Okay. Because, so they say that the amount of whiskey being traded in 2015 was up and that 25% more was traded in terms of just their monetary value. So 7.64 million pounds was traded in 2015, uh, so I'm sorry, in 2014 and 9.56 million pounds in 2015, just in terms of monetary value. Hmm. But in terms of bottles, it rose from 30, about 33, 34,000 bottles traded to 43, 44,000 bottles traded. Hmm. So I'm not I'm not sure if that was things that people like collectors already have and are putting back right. on the market, or if if say Diageo or one of its subsidiaries put out just a a small collection of you know just this one barrel and that is it. That's all we're ever going to have, and that it also includes. Oh, that. okay. So that I think leads to a good question, which is how much does craft distilling come into all this? Because if like Kings County is putting out a line of like. 50 bottles of something, something that they just made, does that count as a rare whiskey in right. the commodities market? I would say yes, but yeah. again, I'm not sure how they Because that seems like it. it would explain a mm-hmm. lot. Or with like, all the rise of bourbon and everything. Well, and like right. the Floki that we tried last episode, like that's brand new, only available and duty-free. So does mm-hmm. that count like all the people that are buying that all of a sudden in this last year? Does that count? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Rare because it's the only thing you can buy in that country. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. And they said that McKellen was the most traded, followed closely by Ardbeg. Oh. Ardbeg. Yeah. Well, I mean, those are not craft distilleries. <laughs> no, they are not. But I, I, and I find this, this concept very interesting because um, <laughs> my brother-in-law has given us two bottles, um, one when we got married and one this past Christmas, just as our Christmas present, basically saying don't drink this in five years, sell it because it's going to. Uh, it's a lot um, of pressure. Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, you married into the right family. That's, yeah. that's a good gift giver. <laughs> yes, very much so. Yes, thanks, Marty. Um, yeah. So one of them is a like a cask strength writer's tears and the other mm. is a, um, a, a tealing whiskey. So they're both, mm. um, Irish whiskeys and and yeah, so he said not to drink them, but to keep them and like in five ten years to sell them. Which Do you have them on display or are they like locked away somewhere? No, I mean they're on in the case bar. you get like drunk one day. And yeah, just like, let's I just mean, open it. Yeah, I mean, don't let us in your house. Yeah, yeah. like this one's <laughs> great. Not, I mean, not to like. Should we open the two box chocolate? This nice bottle that's right next to it. <laughs> not to bar brag or anything, but <laughs> they are and they're very nice cases so they're not yeah. in the, oh like, the it would take sleeve. some effort yeah okay. there'd, be, there'd be some effort smart mm-hmm. yeah. and they're also kind of packed in <laughs> with an other alarm models. would be nice I know. like siren <laughs> like an ink pack <laughs> 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 And now I just like picture us like getting wasted in your house and like rifling through everything. I just picture you having like, like a blue ink stain. <laughs> <laughs> like down your mouth. Like, did you see that episode of Broad City? That's yes. 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 Oh god. Oh, god. <laughs> anyway. So yeah, that's um that's basically it for basically if you want to make some money, invest in whiskey. 
Done. Done and done. I am sold. <laughs> uh, I have a piece of news that is brief and amusing. Is it rock related? Rock doctor? <laughs> of course. Can <laughs> all of your news... What news isn't rock related? <laughs> really? Can all of your whiskey news be about rocks? I wish. I wish that we had enough. You know they're building a lot in China? Mm, I've and, heard. Yes. And what? so... I know. It's crazy. So recently, construction workers uh, uncovered this huge piece of rock in the middle of China that was engraved with the word Glenturret, which is a distiller. Decidedly not Mandarin. Not at all Mandarin or any vague Chinese anything. It is actually the name of a Scottish distiller. So the developers knew that some of the property used to belong to this Scottish missionary doctor who lived there for a long time. But in... Uh, it currently belonged to another Scottish guy who had no connection to this missionary at all. So they have no idea why this random Scottish... How many Scots people say. are, like, <laughs> being bequeathed property in China? A little enclave over there. Yeah. Apparently many. They're just escaping. It's very confusing. Yeah. They have no Horrible idea why. Yeah. for the <laughs> bright, sunny shores of China. Yes. <laughs> so they've been trying to investigate it. Apparently there was a ship that was also named Glen Turret that it might be named for, but to me that makes less sense. So this is a big mystery in China right now. They can't, they can't make a connection between the guy, the Scottish guy who more recently owned the property and the Scottish missionary doctor who owned it long ago. They have no idea why it's there. It's just this random rock found in China with the name of a Scottish distillery on it. Is it near the ocean? Uh, no. Okay. So the ship thing definitely seems so, a lot more suspect, I think. Do you think the <clears throat> missionary really liked his drink? Potentially. And was just like, I'm going to bring this rock with me. to, like, Or I'm just going <laughs> to engrave it. I'm bored and I'm going to engrave it. Yeah, like let's rock. say you, if you're a missionary and you go off somewhere to some place where you don't know anybody and you don't speak the language, you're going to want something from home. So like, do you call it, you know, do you like engrave Jim Beam over your house when you get to your cabin in the middle of nowhere or something like that? Are you, you know? equating <laughs> this to like new kids on the block posters in your bedroom wall? <laughs> yes. What? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I get that. Okay. Picking that up. I what? Think it's just... <laughs> <laughs> like you're like decorating. You're decorating. Oh well, yeah. no, but I mean, but you specifically like you know, you move to another country, you bring something like all of a sudden, like you don't really care about like necessarily being an American until you leave the country, and then suddenly you're like hyper American for like a little while, mm. and you like okay, I- okay. overly identify yeah. with the things that you like a lot, like the Got kind it. of drink that you drink. You know what I mean? But part of the thing that I think would help answer this, they do not say in this brief article whether the rock is a Chinese rock. Is the rock native to China or is it a rock that was imported from Scotland? Like, it is not described. Why That, that would solve the mystery. Fun. So I feel like the mystery. I should go there. Yeah, none of them are like, should we employ a geologist? I mean, you find a rock with a word on it, you probably should talk to a geologist first, is my advice to you. Well, to be fair, probably an archaeologist first, and then a geologist. Maybe uh, sim- maybe simultaneously. I mean, if it's got a word on it. Maybe simultaneously. <laughs> I'll give you that. But still, an ologist of yes. some sort. Yes. An ologist. Yes. Fair. To find out They need a science corner seriously bad. A whiskeyologist? Maybe a whiskeyologist who is also a geologist. Oh. <laughs> Do we know any of those? I think I think her name is Jen Wei. <laughs> no, available for hire. I know. I think that we should go to China and investigate. So, 
Sounds Stay good tuned. All right. Next cool. next episode. Next episode where In we China. don't find out anything. <laughs> Let's see a CSI franchise. Whiskey Cats. So that's it for another episode of Whiskey Cats. Thanks for listening. You can find us online at whiskeycats.com or again, email us at whiskeycatspodcast at gmail.com. And please subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at whiskey underscore cats. And if you want to call us with a question or a comment or a whiskey story or any of those things, you can call us at 202-760-2009. Thanks for listening. Cheers. Honey, baby, won't you cuddle near? That sweet mama whisper in your ear. I'm wild about that thing. It makes me laugh.